Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 167 of the Tudor Podcast, the weekly show for anyone who's in the business of helping people as a tutor, teacher or coach. Now, what I'm trying to bring is uncommon sense and simplicity about how to start, grow and love your tutoring, teaching and coaching business. I don't have any products to sell you. There are no buzzwords or bullshit, just simple stuff that works to keep you happy, make you more money whilst you make a difference in people's lives. Now, we're just in the middle of May now, so they're easing the draconian lockdown edicts and restrictions placed upon us. So everything's changing. For me, that means we're taking on more and more in-room sessions, rebuilding that face-to-face relationship with students. It's very difficult to maintain over Zoom. So in effect, changing gear about the whole business having been just online for a year now, strangely. I want to really rebuild and consolidate the the face-to-face teaching business, particularly with the students who didn't want Zoom lessons because they said it didn't work for them or they didn't have the right equipment. I've had a rush of new students too, which is fantastic. I think that people are realising that you know a year can be spent just sat in front of the telly or they can be cracking on with things. They're getting into action more. And naturally, I am welcoming back everybody who stood down in lockdown, just reaching out, making contact, bringing them back into the tribe. So going forward, given that everything is changing, how are you going to do it from today? You're going to go straight back to the way it was before lockdown and take the chance of it all happening all over again. Are you going to learn anything from lockdown? I mean, what did you learn from it? For me, I learned that if I'd only had one skill or one business, one income source, I would have been at the creek because the support I was able to get from government was pretty much zero. It was was pretty grim because my businesses are structured to pay me very little taxable income. Going on furlough wasn't an option. So I had to change and adapt. So it's a great time for to really consider securing your future. For myself, I'd got my property businesses, so that's cool. But I, I suppose I'm the exception in that, in being that diversified and having multiple skills. So the question is, how is it going to happen now for you? Are you going to stay with the Zoom stuff? Are you going to be back to just in the room? Are you going to mix it up a little bit? And, of course, it all comes down to how you're going to run your own business going forward. So I think this is a great time to review your habits, your daily, weekly, monthly routines, because, as I see it, the rules of the game have changed yet again, and they will change again over time. Of course, if you're in the game, you better know the bloody rules. Now... I'm a really big fan of habits and routines. 
they get my autism doing its little happy dance. You don't have to be OCD about it like me, but just realize and wake up to the fact that habits get things done pretty much automatically. So the question is, are your habits getting the right things done? Sort of click, whirr, press the button, the, the habit rolls itself through, and for better or worse, it'll produce a consistent outcome. But what are your habits producing for you? Habits are fantastic shortcuts for your brain. They minimize the amount of effort necessary to perform an operation. They're easy to live with once you've built them, but they're obviously naturally, as a consequence of that, they're very hard to break. If you don't consciously monitor and build your habits, you'll fall prey to the random haphazard habits that may or may not help you. This is a very powerful re realization for me that most of our lives we spend performing habits. Habits, by and large, are actually what make us who we are. If you have a habit of being grumpy, you'll be a grumpy person. If you have a habit of being active, you'll probably be quite a fit, healthy person, and so on. If your habit is to always look for the good in everything, you'll probably be an optimist. You could just follow that to anywhere you want to go. Now, the research on habit formation varies from the often toted 28 days to the more robust finding that it takes more than 60 repetitions for a habit to become automated. Now, the reason it's so difficult to build habits is you already have habits. They're taking up that space in your memory, in your operating system. This is why we say old habits die hard. They will persist and continue to run until they're updated or overwritten with new or better programs. Because habits are, they're just like software for your brain. They're running in the background and, and out of sight. Just like the software that's running on your device as you're listening now, some little bit of software taking care of converting a squillion binary ones and zeros into the audio that's coming into your ears now. Now, if you're anything like me, then from time to time you'll update your computer, your phone or whatever device you're using from time to time. The software will change and hopefully that new version that will be installed will be better. It'll be faster, it'll be more efficient, easier to use. Now, we should be doing this with our necktop computers, our brains, tweaking the habits and upgrading them. You know, take the habits you've got, tweak them, make them a little bit better. And the ones that you don't want, that aren't really working for you, be it smoking or eating junk food or spending hours and hours on social media, change them for something that works better. So I've got some basic habit tips. The first one is your wake up time and your bedtimes. Now, I don't care if you're an owl or a lark or a vampire, just like me. Have yourself a target time to go to bed. Whether that's 10 o'clock in the evening or three o'clock in the morning, doesn't matter, whatever works for you. The important thing seems to be consistency. 
your daily pattern, your diurnal pattern, if you like, your diurnal rhythm is the framework for everything else that you do. So do what works for you. Ignore everyone else's opinion and follow your own data, your own observations of your body and how you feel. If you're working till 3 a.m., don't expect to get up at 6 and crush it the next day because it ain't going to happen on three hours sleep unless you're into polyphasic sleep patterns, which is another thing altogether. Get yourself a, you know, a decent sleep. Six hours a day seems to work very well for me. I can go down to four hours a day, but I do need a 30-minute nap part way through the day. It doesn't always work. Once you've got your diurnal rhythm sorted out, you wake up, your sleep time, then look at your working times. It's easier by far to have regular schedules in place. Irregular schedules are just chaotic. It's very difficult to know where you are and what's going on and fit things around. Planning becomes incredibly difficult. So I think it's great to, to set and define your own working times. Remember, you're the boss because it's your life and it's your business, isn't it? Write it down. Stick to it unless you've got a very good reason not to. Next thing after sleep and work, look at your personal time and write this in your diary. Make space for it. Put it on paper. Make an appointment with yourself to do important things that take care of you. If you get guilty about it because your work ethic is driving you hard, observe the guilt. Say thank you to the guilt because it's got you to where you are. And then ignore it completely. Ignore the little voice inside of you that says, I'm not worthy, I shouldn't take time off. You should take some time off. You have to take care of yourself. Remember, you can't help anyone if you are broken. If you're a mess, how can you inspire and lead your tribe? Now, personal time I'm also going to include in this the social and family activities. You neglect this at your peril. No point in having a great business if your family's broken and your world is falling around, down around your ears because you're paying a very high price for that business success. So make sure you, you're clearing some time in your diary to spend with the people who are nearest and dearest to you. Habit four for me that's vital is movement and exercise. I had a powerful lesson during lockdown when I was working seven, eight hours at a time on the Zoom meetings with my students. I had absolute agony in my hip. And for a, for a couple of months, I thought there was a big problem. You know, I'm in my 50s now, so I'm thinking, have I got to have a hip replacement? I'm an old bike racer, um, cycling three, 400 miles a week, most weeks back then. And multiple crashes, like, is something serious going on there? The moment I decided I, I needed to schedule in movement sessions between a couple of hours of teaching that, that hip agony eased considerably, and now it's back to normal. So I think we've got to keep moving. We've got to take care of that. That needs to go into your habit list. If it doesn't, you're not recognizing who you are. Because... Your body is built to move and we get sick if we don't move. So 
Do something. It doesn't need to be the gym. It could be the bike. You could run. I advocate barefoot running because for me it was a cure to injuries that would have meant knee surgery and probably been left half crippled by medicine. Uh, I went barefoot, cured it all up in a few weeks, and it's it's life-changing for me. So I'll just have a quick rant about that. That's got that out of my system. Thank you. Uh, it could be simple bodyweight exercises, you know, stepping up and down on, on the stairway, for instance. It could be a movement system like Tai Chi or, in my case, Wing Chun, Kung Fu. Anything that gets you moving. And, of course, one of my favorites, dancing. Dance yourself fitter. Get happy. It always makes you feel good. So put some thought, put a little bit of focus, if you like, on getting your body moving. Your body will break down if it doesn't move. Or, more accurately, it'll just seize up. So on to number five, then, is food. Have a look at the habits of what you eat. If you're eating food that isn't making you healthy, change it. You will know because if you feel great and fantastic, you're probably eating right. If you feel sluggish, lethargic, particularly after a big meal, then you're eating the wrong stuff. Have a check on when you eat and how often. I'm trialing at the moment eating just one meal a day. And that seems to work pretty well for me. And of course, how you eat. If you're sat in front of the TV with a big TV dinner and a pizza on your lap and a Coke next to you, the chances are it ain't going to go well. If you're sitting at the dining table or the breakfast bar or away from your work environment, then eating is a conscious activity. It's not something that happens in background. How you eat, take your time, chew your food, just like you were told when you were a kid. And don't browse. You know, have a meal time, that's it. So monitor your food habits. It's pretty simple. In the business side of things then, number six for me is your business habits. What learning schemes do you use? What lesson plans have you got? Are they good? Do they work? Checking all your habits all the time. How are you delivering your material to your tribe? Is it online? In the room? How are you configuring all that for you? You will have a habit of interaction with your students or your clients that may or may not be comfortable for you. But you can monitor that because it's only a habit. It's not who you are. It's just the method you're using at the moment. That will be perceived as who you are by your students and by yourself. So keep an eye on that stuff because it really matters. Again, the business habits to think about are what resources do you use? Uh, how much are you charging? What are your fees? If you have a habit of only charging a low fee, it's just a habit. It'll be uncomfortable to change that to a higher fee. But if it works, it's worth doing. The habits that you have for administration and management of your business, they'll be pretty important too, won't they? And, of course, the cleaning and the maintenance of your business. So in my teaching room, I hoover up at the end of every night session because the cleaner's only here once a fortnight cleaning the, 
the rest of the premises. But I do a daily clean and tidy at the end of every shift, if you like. I don't want to have to rush around the next day just to get ready at the last minute. I want it done so I can wake up. Everything's ready for me. So the best way that I know to, to build habits is to sort of tick the box every day. Set yourself a, a phone alert, put out a post-it reminder. Uh, I like the idea of these rubber wristbands that go around your wrist. So every time you see them, you go, ah, I remember that. Anything that triggers the behavior that you want would be good. I like to put my shoes by the door if I'm going running or my gym bag blocking my exit. Um, my favorite place to put the gym bag, believe it or not, is in front of the loo door because every time I need to pop to the bathroom, then I've got to step over my gym bag, which is kind of a workout in itself when you think about it. But it's kind of prompting me to pick the bag up, chuck it in the car and get off down the gym. Anything you can do to reduce resistance or remove barriers between you and the habit you want to trigger is a good thing. So keep on triggering it and triggering it until that new habit that you want becomes automatic for you. It doesn't matter how simple or complex, how normal, quirky, unusual or, or just plain odd your habits are. They'll have a massive effect on you. They make you thin or fat. They make you rich or poor. They make you happy or sad. And you get to choose. It's as easy to run one habit as any other. So you might as well run good, solid, productive habits. And then just upgrade them for better habits. The key is awareness of habits and routines. Because you can't change what you're unaware of. So grab a coffee and, and mull it over. Pick just one habit that you'd like to change or quit or start. Then play a little game with yourself. Ask yourself the magic question. What might I do instead of what I'm currently doing that will move me in the direction I want to go? And write your answers down. Then set up your reminders, anything you can do to reduce the resistance. And remember, guys, if you never ask the question, you might just keep doing what isn't helping. And that's just daft, isn't it? Let me know how you get on with this. Your habits, your triumphs, your tribulations. I always love to hear from you. So get in touch. It is info at neilcamado.com. And remember to follow me on Twitter, where I am, Attitude Podcast. So join me next time, guys. I am Neil Camero, the bloke with the funny name, in the next episode of the Tutor Podcast, where we'll be talking tutoring, teaching and coaching, and how you can start, grow, and love your business. Hit the subscribe button to get every new episode and updates, and I'll see you next time on the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. 
Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses. 